Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus preaches a sermon that leaves Good Friday about as predictable as the bad joke at the beginning of the sermon. Jesus preaches a sermon that leaves Good Friday about as predictable. You guys are. My caffeine rush is lost on you. Jesus said, the Son of Man must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Peter offers a reasonable alternative. Have you considered maybe not suffering many things and being murdered? Could we try it that way instead and see how it goes? Except criticism doesn't get a lot sharper. Get behind me, Satan. The Lord's not calling names, though. He hears the enemy whispering the very same sermon to Peter that he whispered to Eve. The tell is actually pretty simple if you know what to listen for. It might actually be the last thing that Satan has in common with our Lord since the rebellion. Neither of their sermons ever change. The devil always preaches life that ends only in death. Christ always preaches death that ends only in life. Since the Garden of Eden, when the serpent sneaks in to preach about a piece of fruit, eat, you will not surely die, do this, and you will live like God, knowing good and evil. He promised life. It ended only in death. So God sought out dying humanity, hiding in the bushes, all naked-like, and promised them death, ending only in life. He says there will be a child born of a woman who will crush the head of the serpent, though the serpent will bruise his heel. The Son of God will be born of Mary to conquer the evil one by his sacrifice. Since then, it's really always been the same. The things of man are to try and live, only to die. The things of God are the cross, then the resurrection. To die, only to live. So, any Christ but the crucified one is of the devil. It's hard enough to deal with a God who suffers many things at the hands of his enemies, then dies. But yours goes ahead and brings you into it, too. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So, uh, real talk, I didn't want to preach this sermon at a time in America where Christianity looks at the pandemic and then spends more time explaining what take up your cross and follow me doesn't mean than what it does. Look at the two sermons that never change, though. One promises life that ends only in death. One promises death that ends only in life. God, and it's a tough pill to swallow, never actually called the church to safety, but faithfulness, temporal safety. That's always been the promise of the evil one. He promised it to Eve. He 
promised it to Jesus in the wilderness when he tempted him. Promises it to Peter. And he makes the same promise to us, but, I mean, how many have avoided the tomb so far? Just saying. Just as unprofitable, though, is when we push it too far the other way. Peter actually takes to heart what happens today, because when you... Your God calls you the devil. It kind of stings, I suppose. So later, he'll swear. He will never forsake the Lord three times before the rooster crows. I don't know who would give you that idea. Even if I must die with you, I will never deny you, he says. He's ready to throw down, too. He draws his sword on a whole bunch of soldiers that come out to arrest Jesus in a garden, cuts off ears for the Lord. It's true. But it's not about that. So Jesus stops Peter from losing his life for his sake. Because it was very bold, but it still misses the point. See, Christianity isn't also a reckless rush into death to prove to Jesus how much you trust him. The ancient church actually had to preach sermons telling people that they didn't even need to die as martyrs to be saved which is sort of up there with the warning labels that say, do not iron shirt while wearing. That's on there because some folks thought it was a good idea. Just saying. We're clearly bad at time savers, but also, you don't need to prove anything to Jesus. You don't need to be reckless and stupid in the world that you live in. You don't need to draw a sword on anyone who would oppress or iron a shirt while wearing it to impress God. He actually already knows who you are just fine. Some of you are the ones who are too scared to carry your own crosses. Some of you are the ones who are so eager to pick them up that you think that you can prove something to God by it. Some of you are the reason that so many things have warning labels on them. God knows who we are just fine. All of us. He knows who we are so well that he realized that the only way any single one of us is going to get into the resurrection is if he bore the cross to win it for us. And so he did. And lay off St. Peter. He figures it out eventually. The disciple told to take up his cross and follow Jesus was actually given a chance to later on. Peter, later on, after Jesus ascended, after the book of Acts gets going, he was given a chance because he was arrested and charged and condemned to death by crucifixion. He could literally follow Jesus. And instead, he insisted that they hang him on that cross upside down because no death Peter could die would be equal to the one that Jesus died for him. See, Peter's sacrifice just left him dead and upside down like. Christ's sacrifice gave Peter life. So Peter insisted that his death not follow his Lord's in shape so that nobody would ever get confused about it. Peter died on a cross, but not the one Jesus told him to carry. Take up your cross and follow me. But your cross is not in your suffering. It's actually... Right there, where God says, that cross is for you. That's your cross now. He gives it to you. That's his gift to you. 
He died on that cross for the sinners who can't save themselves. He died on that cross for me and for you so that in his death we would have life. It's the sermon that Christ always preaches. Your cross is the one that Jesus carried for you. Take up that one. Trust in his death that you would have life. Never flee from that cross because every promise the devil makes about life and safety and power always ends up running from that cross. Christians find our shelter not in the world, and the things it can promise, not in our own sacrifices, but in the once and for all sacrifice that God made for us. Because on that Christ, Jesus bled and died for the sinners of this world who cannot save themselves for your fear. God died for you and your sins are forgiven. For your brash recklessness that seems to think that you can prove to God how great you are. God died for you and your sins are forgiven. And for every last stupid thing that any one of you has ever done that needs a warning label now for everybody else, your sins are forgiven because God died for you. See, what can you give to save your soul? There is no scratching at life. There is no act at sacrifice. You can't, no matter how careful you are, even in times like these, save your soul. And you can't no matter how grand your sacrifice is, win it either. So instead, look to Jesus, who died for you to win for you eternal life, to save you from death in a way that even changes how we look at it. We know that unless Christ returns first, none of us will escape death in this world. But we also know we don't need to. We have been given the path through the grave and back out again. Jesus gives us his cross to carry so that we would not be afraid of death anymore. This is not a race away from the tomb, and it's not a race into the tomb. It is a shelter in Christ, in his cross, which saves us sinners. Your cross, where your Jesus died for you, that is your safety. Here, even death cannot harm you anymore. Christ has destroyed it, and he has risen from the dead. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. Every single one of the devil's sermons, promise a life and really only tell you don't look at that cross for your hope. Every temptation to find a way around this cross and earn it yourself only ends in death. Every temptation to carry a different cross seeks to replace his. So instead, over and over again, our Lord calls us back to the only one that helps until the day he returns in glory to resurrect those who have fallen asleep so that we would follow him, not just into the grave, but back out too. For Christ is risen, and you will rise. His death ends only in life. And he even promises that until that last great day, while we wait in a world full of all too many things to be scared of, and all too many things to prove, and all too many stupid things to do, he promises that even until he returns with his kingdom, we get to taste death eat and drink his body and blood. Be not afraid of the evil one now. Need not his false promises of life that cannot save you. Instead, take shelter in the Lord and his gifts. Take and eat death, the body of Christ, for you. It gives life. Take and drink the blood of Christ, given and shed for you, for the forgiveness of all your sins. Even as we receive this gift out of death, The Son of Man brings his kingdom of life to us in a way that no enemy can change so that you would live. In the name of Jesus, amen.